everybody. Welcome to the Just Pink Lemonade podcast. I am Viridiana Villalba-Salas, and this is my co-host. Paula Harado. I'm currently eating a gingerbread cookie, so excuse my um, muffled talking for a second. And if that doesn't define what our friendship is like, then I don't know what will. What a wonderful way. What a wonderful way to start off our first episode ever. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our first episode ever. Um, in full transparency, Paul and I have tried to record this intro about five times. I think this is our fifth take. Uh, we've had some trouble with tech and I think that's bound to happen considering the fact that we're pretty much on opposite sides of the United States at the moment. Um, I am in Chicago. I'm a Chicago native. So I am currently here with my parents. I'm a teacher uh, and I am a 22 year old trying to figure out life post college, which is actually where I met Paula, who is in California. I am in fact in California. Sorry, she's passing the mic off. The, the metaphorical like, mic. In, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I am from California. Grew up here in the Bay Area. Um, I immigrated here when I was four from the Philippines. So I am an immigrant. <laughs> I don't know why he said it that way, but yes, um, I am. Also working um, in education, I am hoping to break into admissions and college counseling, things like that. I'm currently back in my old high school, actually working in admissions and in like dorm life. Um, I don't know. That's like super meta for you, right? Yep. Yep. It's really, really weird, but I... I kind of love it. And also, um, we are in a pandemic or as Vidi likes to call it, um, a pandulce, which I had no idea was a thing until like 20 minutes ago, maybe. Um, when we we filmed our our second take. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This was information that I learned, um, upon our second take of this episode. Um, I have a lot of Aquarius in my chart. Um, so if you hear me kind of daydreaming, not knowing where in the conversation we are, I blame it entirely on the dominant air signs in my chart. Um, although my sun sign is a Capricorn, we will visit that in a later episode. I am a, um, astrology ho um and so is Vidi, but she won't admit it and listen listen it's not that i won't admit it it's just that i i enjoy astrology i will say that i think it's fun all right it's a good time however i'm not i'm not married to it you know astrology is the astrology is my saturday night okay oh my god but reality is my Sunday morning. You know what I mean? But for the people who do actually care about astrology, um, I, I'm an Aries. I, and until recently, I thought I was a triple Aries. Apparently, I'm a, a rising Gemini, which I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling some type of way about it. But um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm currently on a journey of self-discovery, if you will. To sp- a self-discovery. Let me tell you, a couple days ago... <laughs> I found out that my identity, my entire identity has been false. Um, I accidentally put in the wrong time and place of which I was born. And so my entire um, chart was incorrect. And so I was living my life thinking I was a rising cancer, Pisces moon, but no, alas, I am actually an Aries moon and Virgo rising. And now I am just... For those of you who who don't know, and also just like for me, because I, again, I, I like this stuff, but I, I tend to forget. Could you clarify again? What is, a, what is the moon and rising sign? Like, what do those mean? Oh, God. Okay. So basically, um, a brief lesson on astrology. I promise the entire episode is not about this. It's just that I like geek out on this stuff um your sun sign is kind of a summary of who you are um and is the overarching kind of explanation of 
what brings fulfillment to your life. Your moon sign is how you process things emotionally, how you feel the inside of your brain workings, things like that. And then your rising sign is how you first come across to people. So your first impression, um, kind of the exterior of who you are. And so for anyone out there who actually knows anything about astrology, Virgos are low-key the worst. Um, they are nitpicky. They are super prone to being OCD about like really particular things. And um, so I was just shook when when I got called called out for being a Virgo rather than what I thought was me being a cancer, which, you know, both 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 signs kind of make sense for me. I am a little um in I'm a little too into color coding for a normal person. You're, you're, you're particular. I'm <laughs> is the way I like to call it. You're particular. <laughs> I am particular about the hairbrush that I use. Um but you're, you're everything <laughs> about everything in my life, but that is okay. I am also easygoing um sometimes. So <laughs> Um, what were we talking about originally? Oh, you were introducing yourself and then you, you kind of just started talking about astrology. Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I'm currently also 22. Um, Vidi and I are both in our early twenties trying to live our gossip girl dreams, but you know, again, the pandulce really ruined all of that for us. Uh, <laughs> Actually, also, there's also a key factor in living our gossip girl lives which is they were rich <laughs> <laughs> also we're like brown and short and like not a size zero <laughs> so like it's a little but different hey, for us out of it representation to the mid-sized community out there yes um, yes there, there, we, there will be an episode where we talk about being part of the mid-sized community um which honestly i feel like i didn't even know mid-sized community was a thing until tiktok i think we might have to dedicate an episode to tiktok because i've brought it up twice in this episode and i i think i don't even know how, how long we've been talking for and i've already mentioned it twice you know, really so, laying it out for them, BD, giving yeah. them a taste of what's what's to come, you know? Um, exactly. And I think something that we need to talk about is, like, why we made a podcast. Um, first of all, I think both of our greatest strengths is that we um, talk <laughs> a lot and exactly. about, like, bullshit, but yet we talk all the time and never run out of things to talk about and so why not why not share the wealth and you know for those of you who don't know uh a couple of years ago i had a youtube channel that i uploaded to every single week and when i tell you i was committed to this channel i promise you i like genuinely uploaded and love this channel um so much and i still do it, it still has a special place in my heart so the idea of starting a podcast has been something that has been in the back of my mind for a long time now, but I could just never figure out who would be the right co-host. What would the podcast be about? Like no, none of the pieces ever really came together until Paula decided to call me every single day, <laughs> multiple times a day and just talk. And I so, am so glad that right. my attachment issues really inspired you to kind of pursue these dreams, Vidi. You know, I, I'm so glad that there was a positive twist. To that. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I think, I mean, there's, okay. I think we need to take a step back first and we'll get to the de more in detail about why we started the podcast, but I think we need to, first of all, define who the heck are we and like, how did we meet? And I think, I think our story is kind of unique in that there were a lot of twists and turns, right? There were some ups and downs, neither of which really included us, but there were ups and downs. There were hellos and goodbyes, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so we need, we need to unpack that. Edie um, and I were, let's just say, on the opposite, complete opposite sides of the social scene, okay? Um, I came in 
And to put it bluntly, I was friends with only white kids. Like, that was it. (laughs) Um, Me, this little old Filipino girl, like, trying to fit in at this predominantly white institution in the bumfuck nowhere Connecticut. Can I curse? I'm so sorry. I did not mean to drop the F-bomb. You've been cursing this whole episode. And so I just figured we're an explicit podcast now. You know, I never really realized how much I cursed until I was being held accountable to it. Um, I just now realized that. And I apologize for anyone who doesn't like cursing. I swear that um, it is in no way a reflection of um, disrespect. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But okay. So yes, Beanie and I were very different in that I was a lost little soul, a lost little sheep. Um, she didn't like the way I dressed. Let's, that, that is also. You're making me seem very shallow right now. <laughs> okay, that first impression that I made on you was solely based on how I dressed and where I sat in the classroom. Exactly. Okay, so, okay, another thing we should clarify. Paul and I, we went to a very small, small college in New England, all right? And like Paul said, predominantly white, I was born and raised in inner city Chicago. So for anybody who's listening, who's from Illinois or is familiar with Illinois or the Midwest, I'm, I mean, dead ass Chicago. Like I'm not talking Evanston. I'm not talking Schaumburg, Skokie. No, no, like really dead ass Chicago. Meaning that I went to school with primarily low income POC. And and we were all, we're all coming from very similar backgrounds, all being, um, again, primarily low-income inner-city kids. And now I teach at the network at a different school that's part of the same network that I went to high school with. So in a way, Paul and I's post-college careers have also kind of mirrored each other in that we've both kind of found our way back to our old high school. All this I'm saying just to point out the fact that Paul and I came from very different backgrounds before we met in college, which is part of why we ended up on such opposite sides of the social scene at our school. Okay, but you never address the the dress situation. All right, fine. The dress situation. <laughs> this is this is really confusing for anybody who's listening. It's like, what the heck is the dress situation? So the dress situation. Maybe that's the name of this episode. The, the dress, dress situation. situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So the dress situation. So. Imagine me, right? I, I, how old are you when you enter college? Like 18? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, 18-year-olds, Paul and I were entering. We both decided to sign up for a Foundations of Education class um, at our school, our first semester. And so that's where we met. And um, Which, by the way, knows- was one of the hardest classes to take as a freshman at college or in college. Oh, 100%. It was the hardest class I think I took my entire undergraduate career, but it was also the best class, the the most fulfilling. And so all of this, this is the class that pretty much set Paul and I onto our current career paths. But the dress situation, let me go back to the dress situation here. Um, (laughs) So for anybody who knows me, and for those of you who are just getting to know me right now, if you don't know me, um, in middle school, I went through a very intense, and when I say intense, I mean very, like truly intense, like emo scene kid phase. All right. I was listening to like, you know, Good Charlotte, my number one rock band forever. You can talk shit about it all you want. I know it's pop punk. I love Good Charlotte and I will never apologize for it. Okay. I still love them to this day. However, I was wearing all black every day. Uh, would not let the, the sun see my skin, which honestly has not changed much. I am still vitamin D deficient for anybody wondering. Um, and uh, I'm I iron really... deficient. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, and so I wore, you know, like the skinny jeans, the Converse, all black Converse, black studded belts, beanies. That that's my aesthetic, right? And I have slowly through throughout high school, I wore a uniform, so I never really got to explore with different aesthetics in high school. Um, but I definitely grew out of the emo phase, but just not as much as I think I would have um, if I wasn't like you know required to wear uniforms or like act in a certain way when I was in school. This meant 
that when I got to college, that was the first time I ever got to like dress like a human with individuality. <laughs> um, and so I, of course, reverted back to my middle school ways, which meant I was wearing skinny jeans and like vans, beanies, black teeth. Black t-shirts, yeah, band t-shirts and beanies to class. And Paula walks in with a floral dress that's like basically open back. Her hair in like this this little bun with some face framing pieces, just like your classic California girl, right? I was so happy to see another brown person in uh, this sea of white people that I, I had never seen this many white people before. And I was literally, I was praying to God that there would be another brown person. And Paula shows up and I'm excited. And then I, I, I look, take one look at her outfit and I'm like, she will not be my friend. <laughs> I hate that. When, when I say that I was so sad hearing this story the first time, also upset that she made this judgment based off of my dress, like what here the dress was cute okay now that my aesthetic has changed and i i realize that i i like clothing of all types all styles i'm willing to admit that the dress you wore that day was very cute however it didn't fit the 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 model or the the idea that i had in my head the preconceived notion that I had of what a brown person had to dress like, or how a brown person acted, just because based on my experience, they everybody dressed the way I dressed, or it was very like streetwear, and you were you were not that, and so you were confusing to me, <laughs> and because of that, I I ran away from you basically. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I'll I'll admit that was my fault. I should not have judged you so quickly um and i guess to give a little background on like where i was coming from before college i also went to a charter school but it was only for middle school fifth through eighth grade and then i went on to go to a private high school and similar to vd my middle school was very much composed of students from a very like diverse background in like socioeconomic class, racial background, like religious background. It was the Bay Area, like the actual Bay Area. And then once I went into high school um, at a private school, that completely changed. And I was now one of very few students of color on a very wealthy white campus. Um, and I didn't know how much I had changed in order to kind of keep up with my high school until I got to college and really kind of discussed and analyzed a lot of the similarities and differences between Vidi and I. So while we shoot shit like 60% of the time, 40% of our conversation is basically a deep dive in, like, I don't even know, like, theory and, um, <laughs> like... Don't make this sound too interesting, Paula. Sorry, sorry. I, j I just can't help it. But, like, for me, at least, once we actually became friends, so confusing as to why we weren't friends from the get-go. And it was only when Vidi told me about this dress situation that we really started to think a little bit more about our positionalities and how we both as really proud and loud bra like brown women um exist in very different planes at um which brings me to the book that changed my life. Um, BD made You're me welcome. read it. Yes, You're thank welcome. you. Thank you. I will take it to my grave that I put this book in your path. If I have accomplished nothing in life, it's that I at least changed your life through the words of Anthony Abraham Jack. The yeah. book is called The Privileged Poor. 
and it's if you can't see her but she's holding up the book right now um and it's an analysis about the differences between students of color who have the opportunity to attend private high schools and kind of like the things that you learn that aren't academic that really put you 10 steps ahead when you go to these elite colleges with other BIPOC peers who didn't have that past experience. Right. And, and, and I think something, Paula, I think with something we need to clarify here. First of all, you mentioned the, ter- the term BIPOC, which again, hypothetically, there are people listening to our podcast who have no idea what that term means. It is relatively new, I guess. It was kind of introduced at its peak during the this past summer mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with the Black Lives Matter movement kind of taking over the United States and honestly all across the world um, after the murder of George Floyd. Um, so BIPOC, if I'm not incorrect, right, is Black Indigenous people of color. Yes. Right. It's a broader kind of umbrella term. Uh, used to refer to people of color, non-white people. Um, that's a whole nother podcast. I strongly, strongly suggest for anybody who's listening to listen to um, Code Switch. It's an NPR podcast. I listen to it all the time. Um, I think it's for anybody who's looking to either engage in these conversations um, a little bit more or is hoping to um, learn a little bit more about um what is going on in the social justice um, world in terms of race and race politics. I think that podcast is a great place to start. Um, But Paula, another thing that um, Anthony Abraham Jack mentions in his book is the definitions of the privileged poor and the doubly disadvantaged, which is what you were kind of alluding to earlier in saying that all of these skills that were sort of provided to you through your experience at a private boarding school for high school versus me who went to um, a charter school who um, that was that's located in the inner city of Chicago, um, which is the privileged poor as I don't have the exact definition pulled up right now, but basically it's what your experience was as someone who um, did not grow up in a wealthy, extremely wealthy household, um, but was provided opportunities to go to schools um, or provided to be in uh, in environments that provided you with privilege, right? Once you made it to college and better prepared you for those opportunities. Whereas um, I am what, what, what Paula and I jokingly call a DD, which is uh, doubly disadvantaged, meaning <laughs> I am poor. I grew up poor um, and I am disadvantaged in the terms of like where my, my education uh, before higher ed did not pro- provide me with the same social and academic opportunities that the majority of my white and non-white peers um, at at our college had like no matter how ready I was on the inside in terms of like how I talked to my professors how I handled my homework and that I was comfortable talking to white people it doesn't change that I'm not white like I still I, I'm brown <laughs> I realized that I was thinking of the experience of being brown and the experience of being poor as synonymous. And Paula confused that in my 18 year old head and it didn't make sense to me. Mm. And which is why our conversations now are like 90% us trying to unpack the complexities of our, our individual identities, but also our identities as friends. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Also, wonderful contribution. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I was thinking so hard on what to say back and yes came out. So I think that like another thing that was so hard in terms of us finding each other earlier on was also that I had no ties to any of the affinity groups at our college and VD 
had friends who were a part of Unity House, which is kind of, how would you explain what Unity House is at our college? So Unity House is essentially the cultural center at our school. It's where all of the affinity groups kind of operate out of. And uh, this this is going to get a little bit complicated, but I'll just put it out there in that I, the way I got to, to our school um, was a little unique because I was offered a scholarship uh, that essentially put me in a group of people, uh, a group of 10 other people that I met before going to college. We were all, we're all from Chicago. Um, and so we all, I went into college with a support system and all of us are people of color. And so I already went in with a support system of people of color and we all went in to a program called Genesis or Alana, um, which essentially paired, paired up, it was like a big sister, little sister type program or big sibling, little sibling program um, where, you know, you got paired up with another student of color at, and they kind of provided you with guidance around how to deal with social dynamics and how to, what resources to use um, in order to get better grades. Basically, this program was working to provide students of color with the support that students who Anthony Abraham Jack defines as the privileged poor, those extra privileges that you get by attending a private like boarding school, those academic skills, I should say, you were supposed to sort of get through the program. However, <laughs> that is not to say that the program that I was involved in, that Paula was excluded from, I'm going to go far as to say that you were excluded. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. <laughs> that program gave, told me that I had the right to my professor's time, right? And I think that understanding, that mentality was not something that I went into college thinking. I, I was thinking it was a privilege, and it is a privilege, right, to be, first of all, in higher ed. But also, I thought it was a privilege to be in the presence of my professor, right? and I was not entitled to anything that was there, right? Because historically, again, college is not made for people who look like us. That mentality was definitely something that I did not go into college thinking. Um, and Paula, you you said like you you did, right? And uh, that has again that's tied to our like our experiences before college. Yes. Why does yes keep coming out of my mouth? But yes, I agree. Um, well, there's a little difference. I do think that I came into college. How do I word this? I came into college knowing that I should feel like I deserved the time and that it was not only a privilege for me to be there, but that it was a privilege for the school to have me there. That's what I, I knew I should be feeling that way. But imposter syndrome kicks in, feeling so out of place. It's like a, it's like I know what I should be feeling, but I just, I wasn't there. I was merely surviving and knowing how to survive, but not actually feeling like I was a part of anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, no, that, totally, that totally makes sense. And that's also, again, part of the reason that we ended up on opposite ends of the social circle, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were trying to find that, that support on your own and no tea, no shade to the white people that you love, <laughs> the, the people that supported you, right? Like no tea, no shade to any of them. Again, just pink lemonade here of like, you were looking for the support that I was getting from the BIPOC community at, through white people, because that's what you knew. You had a simple, you had learned a way of life at your private boarding school because that's what you were surrounded by. And that's what you grew accustomed to, but also you were denied, there was a gatekeeper, right? There, you were denied access to that community that understood that you were a brown person at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. like, and I think that that's a huge part of what kept Paula and I apart is that I was so uncomfortable talking to white people 
not that I like I didn't expect myself to be that uncomfortable talking to white people. I was just again, I was naive. But also I I was kind of just thinking like every white person here is probably racist. Like I <laughs> I was I was scared. I I was scared. I was afraid that um when people would stare at me and this happened a lot. I I I noticed that a lot of people would just stare at me and I didn't know Half the time I was like, are you checking me out? Like, do you think I'm cute? Like, what's going on? Uh, so I was like really feeling myself sometimes because I was like, oh my God, I'm getting checked out left and right. And then there was like a part of the subconscious, right? That was like, maybe they just like hate you. Like, maybe they just don't like that you're brown. Like, or like you're confusing to them, right? Like, I felt so out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, I stuck to my people, right? Like, quote unquote, my people of like, the people who were involved in the cultural center, I perceived to be my people. Mm-hmm. And and Paula wasn't there. And so that added to this dress situation mm-hmm. that kept me away from you of like, there's something here that's not adding up, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't just the fact that you didn't wear beanies and I did, <laughs> right? Because that still has not changed. I still wear beanies. And I still <laughs> and wear my still floral wear- dresses. Yeah, no, but I think like I had just grown so comfortable with being uncomfortable that I it wasn't anything different. I was surrounded by people who didn't look like me. I didn't feel comfortable. I in no way you know felt like I actually fit in, but I just I was used to that because that's what I went through in high school and I found ways to assimilate I hate that word and I hate admitting that like I did it but I I knew how to fit in I knew what to say how to dress and I just I knew what to do didn't mean that I actually felt like I was representing myself accurately and like what I I don't know I I don't know it's it's weird based on our previous conversations again this is not the first time Paul and I have had this type of (laughs) This is like genuinely when I say this is like what we FaceTime about, this is like this is it. We're not putting on a show right now. Like we genuinely throw out theorists and talk about our books and our positionality pretty much every day. Um, which is why again the podcast seemed like a good idea. But back to what I was gonna say for Paula is like I think you were representing a side of yourself, right? Because you are a California girl, you know, you are like fun and easy going like you are these things but you weren't necessarily representing yourself wholeheartedly yeah right you you weren't being seen for like your filipina culture right you and that brings us to intersectionality a term coined by kimberly crenshaw bd told me to brush up on that actually before we recorded this just so that you all know <laughs> Well, well, here's the thing. I I outlined, you know, today's today's episode and I I was looking at these like kind of basic questions and I was like, I have a feeling, you know, I knew we were going to talk about the privileged poor. Like that was inevitable. And I figured we would talk about our positionalities because that's probably our most talked about topic um, ever. Mm-hmm. And besides maybe like boys, but <laughs> mm-hmm. but I figured you would want to talk about Miss Crenshaw. Miss Crenshaw also changed my life um, because and everything that she ever spoke about is another reason why you and I took so long to become friends. Sorry. Um, I'm looking out for our listeners here. Could you provide like a one, two sentence summary? Who is Miss Crenshaw? Why are we talking about her? Miss Kimberly Crenshaw is a theorist and a sociologist who coined the term intersectionality. Intersectionality is essentially the acknowledgement that there are several intersecting experiences and um, systems of oppression that different people from different positions kind of have um and experience and so if you think of the intersections of my identity i am an immigrant i'm from a middle class family um i english was not my first language um 
I, I'm Catholic, like things like that. So there are so many different things that kind of explain the intersections of my identity that make things so complicated. It makes things so, so complicated because I think our college, like Vidi said, made the experience of being a brown or black person one narrative. It was one story and that is that one identity is who our college focused on. And with that being said, I was actually denied like admittance into um, a recruitment event that our college put on specifically for students of color. I applied. I wanted to be a part of that community at my college. I knew that it was something that I really wanted. But then they said no. And I, to this day, have no idea why they said no. It w- I was just like, am I not brown enough? Like, what, what about me is not enough to be a part of this community? And so when I got to our school and I saw that all of the people who looked like me kind of, it felt like every, they, that side of our school they knew each other, but I didn't. And not only that, my dumbass came to our college a few days late. So I missed orientation because I booked the wrong flight dates. Okay. Let's put that out there. So not only did I miss that initial opportunity to make friends in the first place, I just, I was so lost from the get-go. I didn't have people that I felt like supported me and my kind of experiences, but also I just didn't have friends. (laughs) My entire freshman year was just me trying to figure out where I belonged. And I think that I didn't figure that out until my junior year when I don't know if it was because I met Vidi and a couple of our other friends or like, was it the chicken or the egg? I have no idea. But it took me a long time to feel like I had a group of friends that actually reflected myself, not only in like my appearance. And I'm I'm not, I, I wasn't ever the type of person who was like, I am only going to be friends with brown and black people because I am a brown person. No, I like, no, that's not how I approached friend making. But I finally was surrounded by people who I felt like actually understood my discomfort and where my discomfort was coming from and wanted to talk about it. And I don't know. It took me a while, but I I got there. And I have my qualms with our college because that entire somewhat traumatic experience could have been avoided if I had a support system similar to that of Vidi from the beginning. But then on the flip side, I came into our school knowing how to advocate for myself, knowing that like, I need to stay in after class to talk to my professors to say, hey, I need an extension. I was comfortable asking for extension, something that Vidi never asked for until like, did you ever ask for an extension? No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. And we're, I'm still, we're still talking about it. We're still kind of, I mean, there's a lot there. It's, It's, this is not a conversation that is one and done. This is a conversation that we've had and so many times like so many times right and each time we we end up somewhere different right we cover we we kind of go back and we cover the ground that we've covered before and then we we go and we analyze a new part of it and that's what makes our dynamic so interesting and um kind of our how we met story is so complicated especially and paula i'm surprised it's taken us this long to bring it up but we started college um in an election year oof you are Um, so how did we oh my god this was this was the moment I knew I was like this girl is destined to be my friend and I don't know when it's gonna happen but I'm gonna make it happen that's another fun tidbit about myself I when I have a friend crush it is all-consuming and I will literally do anything to become friends with someone that I want to be friends with. Vidi was one of those people. 
Um, and once I set it, it set that plan in motion, we like immediately it was over for me and my independence. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, that's again. That's we can dive into that later. But we started college in an election year, mm-hmm. which. And then we we started our professional lives in another election year. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this year, I, the reason I'm surprised is because, like we've established, right? Paul and I, we were not really friends freshman year at all. Yeah. Um, we fast we forward to you know November of our freshman year. It, it's still our first semester, so we're still in this class together. Keep in mind, there are a total of four people of color. Um, in that class with us. Um, that includes Paul and I, so only two other people besides mm-hmm. us um, who were people of color, one other Mexican girl, and one, one other Asian, Asian guy. Yeah. One other Asian guy, right. So, either way, we weren't that close to either and any of those other two folks either. We kind of just stuck to ourselves, kind of. Um, but I remember the election year, this was back in 2016, um, that the the day after the election, so right after 45 had been nominated, I will not say his name on this podcast. Um, after 45 had I will been literally nominated, self-report if we ever say his name, so. <laughs> after 45 had been nominated um, or elected, I should say, um, in 2016, we had... Paul and I had class the next day. We had that our education class the next day. And I remember that day, everything was gray outside. Like it was, it was, it, it, it looked like the world was sad. Like mother earth was upset. It felt um, like one big funeral. Yeah. And I remember like sobbing um, pretty much the morning of um, and the, the night before. And we, I, I went to my education class because as Paul and I said earlier, um, this education class was probably the most influential class I had um, during my undergraduate experience. I agree, um, me too. Yeah, and this day that we walked into class, um, I don't know if I was early or were, were, were we, I don't know if we were early, I don't know what happened. But the point is that that day, um, our, our seats were rearranged. So normally we were in, in like pods and that day our desks were in essentially like a long table. And this was, I believe the only day where all of us, so all of, all four of the people of color in that class. So Paula and I included sat next to each other. Mm -hmm. And that was a very powerful moment in that given that Paula, again, Paula and I didn't have that close of a relationship and neither of us had a super close relationship to the other two students of color in that class either. We were all cool, of course. Like there was no, again, no bad blood there. We just weren't, we were just classmates. That's it. Um, And we normally did not sit next to each other. But this one day, we all subconsciously, I know it's not something I actively decided to do that day, but subconsciously, we all chose to sit next to each other, which I think was such a huge like m- moment in our friendship now that I think back on it, mm-hmm. which is why I'm I'm saying that this is, I don't know if this was like written in the stars, like going back to our <laughs> astrology conversation, like I don't know what happened that day that put us in that position of all four of us sitting next to each other. I mean, a racist I- was elected as president. So I think... <laughs> that that kind of influenced where I sat. I I know I didn't know it at the moment, but you you find solidarity in community and that was kind of I think what led us to sit together. Mm-hmm. I um, didn't even know that we that happened until we talked about it mm-hmm. junior year. And this was maybe? like a month ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it. never mind. A month ago. Um, so that's so crazy to think about. And I guess flash forward to junior year, that was when Vidi and I really actually became friends. Sophomore year was like one huge black hole for me. We might talk about that, but like mm, maybe not. Um the point is, 
sophomore year, Paula and I's friendship was basically running into each other at like cafes on campus yes. and saying hello. We but it was again nothing super deep. We were yes. we were like we were casual like acquaintances, yes. basically. And that was not in any fault of Vidi. Vidi did not want to be my friend freshman year. I was in no place to be Vidi's friend sophomore year. By the time we were sophomores, even like halfway through our freshman year, I had gotten so much more comfortable being around people of different positionalities mm-hmm. uh, of mine, right? So like I definitely grew very quickly um, after that first semester. So I was definitely more open to being friends with Paula um, our sophomore year. But again, Paula was going through it. I was going through <laughs> some stuff too. It's all good. Um, we eventually found ourselves junior year. Yes, because... Oh my God, junior year was also a trip for me. I lived in a basement of a. Lived in a shoebox. <laughs> I lived in a shoebox in a basement of a dorm that I chose to live in because my friends, who I no longer was really friends with, we all chose to live together. And so the situation was just really not good. Um, and Vidi just so happened to be like an RA in the building. And so we ran into each other pretty frequently. And one day I literally said, get coffee with me. We're going to be friends. And we talked for hours. I feel like in that coffee shop. Yeah, we definitely spoke for hours in that coffee shop. And, um, part of what lengthened that conversation was the fact that I found you hilarious because you confided in me and I'm going to expose you right now that you didn't know the difference between a hurricane and a tornado. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think you would bring that up so early. This is episode one. Okay. First of all, can I just say that there is no weather here in California. There is sunny, hot, and like windy sometimes. And so the fact that there was a tornado, was it? No, hurricane warning in the state of Connecticut. I was freaking out. I was literally like, what do I do? Stand in a doorway? That's what you do in an earthquake. Okay. That is not what you do in a hurricane. (laughs) And so while we were talking, I was just like, hey, Vidi, like, this is a very real question, and I don't want you to laugh at me about it. What is the difference between a hurricane and a tornado? I thought that a hurricane was just a wet tornado. And no, apparently not. Apparently, they're very different. And I now know that. So I can't believe you did this to me and brought it up episode one. I think that people should know what they're getting into. That if that country. was if that was the icebreaker, then so be it. It's I'm glad that I asked. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a light topic for us to start our coffee date on. But yeah, I think we spoke in that coffee shop. I think till they closed. It was it was a late coffee. We got we got coffee at like eight p.m. I think. Um, but that's another thing we, we can talk about. We both love coffee. <laughs> This is true. We did contemplate calling this podcast something to do with coffee. Like we love coffee. Yeah. That, and then that was like the night that really expedited mm-hmm. our our friendship into like what it is now, which is us having a podcast and mm-hmm. FaceTiming three times a day. Mm-hmm. I think some people might think I'm exaggerating when I say we talk three times a day. We really don't. I will upload a picture of... Let's say we make an Instagram for this podcast. I will right. upload a picture of my call log. I call Vidi at 9 a.m., which is 11 a.m. her time, around 1 p.m. her time because that's when she has lunch. And then again mm-hmm. at night for our nightly check-in, which we FaceTime for maybe three hours at night. It's just like a, yeah. like a oh, you're going to shower? Okay, let me take you with me. <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is another thing. Paula, Paula and I's friendship has developed so much that Paula will sometimes FaceTime me on her computer and then take her computer to the shower and just put me on pause. So I can't see even like, like a wall. Like it's literally <laughs> just like the words pause and her showering and me sitting there and I'm like on my phone, like doing nothing. Like, That's just another anecdote of how close we really are and those facetimes again that's what led to this podcast we just figured why not because also i 
would like to say that we are both very smart, capable, funny women who have actually interesting life experiences that we can talk about and hopefully be relatable in a non-annoying way to audience members. And maybe we can even teach a few people some things about what it's like. And I don't know. I think the world needs a little more compassion and a little more understanding of what it's like to be women of color in the Mm -hmm. U.S. But also, we can talk about boys. It's our podcast. We can do anything. Um, We can talk about face masks. I don't know. We'll talk about about skincare some other day because I have a bone to pick with you. Oh, no. Uh, Which we'll talk about. You know, that's a good little teaser. We'll leave that. I think, again, like, these are the conversations that are between us, right? These are conversations that we have literally every day. And like you said, if there's even one person out there who finds this podcast interesting or thinks that um, they can learn something from us or finds this enlightening in any sort of way, then or finds me, comfort that right. they're not alone in exactly. whatever they're experiencing. Exactly. If there's one person who can experience any of those things from this podcast, then like I, I'm proud of us. It's right? a success. <laughs> I just need one person to find some sort of happiness, joy, whatever it is in this podcast. And I think that's what I feel when I, when we have our conversations, not to get mushy because that's not who I am, but like, you know, that's the, that's what I feel. You know, I feel some type of way when, when we have our conversations and hopefully we can make other people feel some type of way. Oh, she right, loves right. me. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's start. Let's go ahead. Let's end the podcast. <laughs> cue, cue, the, cue, the, cue the outro. Do we have outro music? Cue the outro music. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. If you made it this far into the podcast, thank you so much for listening uh, to our episode one. Um, I'm very impressed that you made it through. Um, I'm proud of you. Give yourself a pat on the back. and Eat a see- cookie. Eat a cookie. Share a cookie. Be a, a cookie. cookie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>